Welcome to Waypoint, an Oklahoma human services podcast intended to inform, educate, and enhance collaboration and service to Oklahomans. I'm Comfort. And I'm Casey. And we're on this journey with you together. On today's episode, we're speaking with Brittany Lee, OKDHS Director of Child Care Services. Brittany was named the Director of Child Care Services in December of 2020 after nearly 20 years of professional experience in the early childhood sector. She has experience in everything from teaching in the classroom, directing a child care center, and supervising operations for multiple early childhood education programs, to facilitating professional development and mentoring young educators. Brittany has a bachelor's degree from the University of Central Oklahoma in education and a master's degree from the University of Oklahoma in instructional leadership and academic curriculum. She is passionate and committed to enriching the lives of children and the child care professionals who work with them. Brittany, welcome today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you all for having me. I'm excited. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, uh, I've gotten to know you, at, and I know that you have a history in as a child care director. You have a lot of history in early childhood education, but um, tell us a little bit about yourself. I would love to just talk about my journey in child care. Um, this has always been my space. I think starting off, I can remember the family child care home that I actually started out with as an infant and just all the way up to 12, how that really fostered my love for children and working with them. I remember she would always tell my mom she was going to put me on payroll because I was <laughs> like her little assistant. And so that really started my journey for how I love interacting with children. And so from there, of course, finished out high school and as me immediately knew I was going to UCO and doing early childhood education. And so that was my program. I did that, graduated, got married, moved to Florida with my husband, and I've taught in my first Montessori early childhood program. It was such a game changer for me because, of course, with that style of teaching, it's really hands-on, super just organic. And so I did that, loved it, moved back and did the um, opposite end where I worked with um, children who were in situations that really needed the extra guidance and their families didn't have all those resources that I was used to in Florida. So I've really had this whole smorgasbord of early childhood, did that, got pregnant and was like, I want to be with this baby forever. What's next? And so directed an early childhood program so that I could bring my child with me and just watch her grow. Yeah. And so I did that actually. And that's when my dad actually retired. was like, I want to be a full-time grandpa. I'm like, thanks. Like I literally (laughs) did this to have her with me, but I did that, uh, moved on to the collegiate level and taught there for a while. And then um, most recently worked with Sunbeam and all, all their early childhood programs. And then I came here at DHS. And so early childhood has been just a part of every walk of life for me. I just absolutely love everything about teaching, learning, children, watching this process of education. And so, yeah, that led me here. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I can just imagine uh, what is it like then to be the director of child care services now, knowing that full evolution (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and I think you use the right word, evolution. This has really been an organic process for me, you know, starting off in just a classroom with my small children around me and just really watching the leadership. I think it's always been this organic push of next steps. And so, you know, most recently with Sunbeam, it was like you're 
going to be helping us with all these different programs and all of the different spaces. And so um, I loved doing that and loved still being able to be around children, but definitely on the other side of it where I'm actually enforcing things and making sure that things are happening um, that should be to protect and really um, make sure that teachers are doing what they should in that space and then, you know, even teaching that. And so when this next step came of like the state, I'm like, well, gosh, what's bigger than the state, right? So yeah, let's do it. Like, I'm all for that. You know, I really love to make sure that um, you know, we're instilling what we need to and that we're watching that. And so, of course, with child care services, that really is about that licensing and regulatory piece of ensuring safety and quality for children. So that was the next best thing for me. I think it was just this organic thing of everything you've done has led you here to have all those different scopes and lenses to utilize in this position. So, yeah, it was like an organic thing for this to be kind of the next best thing. What's been like the most surprising thing since you've taken on this position? Oh, you know, to be honest, I think it was the um, the policy side or really the um, fact that there are so many hands in everything that you do. So you on the other side of this, you know, I'm like, when I get in there, like we're going to change this like Mm -hmm. this. And then you get over here. You're like, oh, well, it's why this is why it's like that. Right. But you don't really get to hear that or see that when you're on the other side of it. You only see the end result. Mm -hmm. And so getting here and watching how people work so hard, they understand it, they get it and they love to see it happen. But you are on the side of it where you get to walk through that entire process. And it's like we're talking about things that aren't going to be effective till 2023. Like we hear what you're saying. We'd love to implement it. But there's so many steps in between. So that was, I think, the most surprising thing to understand that really and to have to walk through that and now work backwards to help other people get that about us because I think that's one of the misconceptions that we just sit up here and we're just like we're just going to let things just continue to be the way they are no we work hard we understand Mm -hmm. it we really want to enforce that change but it's a procedure it's a process and so now being able to try to communicate that to others who I know sat in the same space as me that was I think one of the most surprising things that you know I finally had that full picture of and it's like I get it okay they're, they're doing the best. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all they can do. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of red tape. In a lot of red tape, <laughs> right? Well, so, you know, we're all working moms. And so what would you say to parents and, and to providers about, like, the importance of licensed quality child care and, and using things like the child care locator and those types of things? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? For sure. And you made a very important disclaimer, licensed child care. Um, there is such a thing as unlicensed child care, you know, when you just take them down the street to so-and-so's house, but they aren't actually licensed with Oklahoma Department of Human Services. That's a huge um that's a huge thing. But um, I would say, you know, you're right. We're moms. I totally understand that that is your loved one. That is your baby. But really, child care is meant to be this um, this whole space of just giving children the exposure that they need, giving them the developmental processes that they need, putting them around experts in that space that is going to help them grow and help them really be the best that they can. And so I would encourage people, you know, if they have small children, to really get them in a space where they're able to be around other children and be exposed to other adults in different ways of doing things. It's so important. I know the number one thing we always think about is safety. Like, I feel like if they're close to me or just with my, you know, relative or somebody, you know, But really, safety is a part of what we do when we go out to programs and we monitor them and we ensure that everything's where it should be and that they know what they're supposed to be doing. So safety is a huge part of child care that I think, you know, most 
parents are just like, you know, they're not sure that they're going to love them just the same. But there are so many experts and so many providers who just have the heart for this work that it's seen and it's shown. And so I would encourage parents, you know, um, if they are unaware of how to go about finding a child care, the locator is the best tool. Um, You know, they're able to go to our website, they're able to pull that up, and it not only shows them where they're located or who the director is, but it also gives them their monitoring reports. So our licensing specialists go out to all of these programs, like Boots on the Ground, they walk through them thoroughly. They take their time, they have conversations, they see this, and everything that they notate is listed online for all the public to see. So if they even have a small question into one program, they're able to pull that information up. And so it also tells them about the QRIS, which is our internal quality rating and improvement system. That information is listed too, so they can see what the programs are involved in, how how they really take that quality seriously. And so all that's online for everybody, but I would, I would encourage parents. I know as a mom myself, you know, that feeling of, you know, having somebody else care for your child, but really it's set up in a way that it's really best for them and it's structured in a manner that's going to help them succeed as their future, you know, when they go through the education, this is the early learning, like this Mm -hmm. is their beginning. And so I think it's critical to get them in a space where they're, where they're able to be nurtured through that process outside of just what they receive at home. Oh, yeah. I know our child care provider, she's like just an extension of our family. Yeah. I mean, especially with our first, we went to her with, my baby does this. <laughs> You've raised like 85 babies, 85,000 babies. Oh, my gosh. Casey, that is so critical. You know, I always talk to people about a village. Like, I love Girl, my I family. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like, I love my family, but I also know that it's important that the people that are even surrounded by me, I surround my children with, you yes. know. But providers are that extension. Like, you're absolutely right. You know, I used to be called the baby whisperer. And I'm like, you know, I didn't learn that in undergrad or grad. Like, that took skills of me being Mm -hmm. around children and learning like those little motions or ways to turn them or soft whispers like it literally was something I learned and so um, you're right like before you WebMD it you would want to go ask a provider that has seen you know seen that and been around kids because that's the best point of knowledge you can have is somebody that lives it like they're they're the ones like you said 85 children like you've literally raised 85 children in this small family child care home like they've seen children from beginning to end and they're the ones you want to go to and so it's important to have that dynamic and that relationship, you know, with your providers in which even our licensing specialists, like I go out to the field with them all the time. And I love how they have those relationships with their providers where if they see something that's happening, they address it immediately. They have a conversation about it. It's a learning experience. And then they're moving on. But even watching how families just rely on the providers so much because they're helping you raise your children. Mm -hmm. And it's important to expose them to that. But Mm -hmm. I love that you said that because that is so true. That village mentality. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I have several questions for you, so I'll try to keep them organized. Okay. <laughs> the the first one is what what do you think makes a good like childcare facility? Like what sets what's what sets one up high? Ooh. So I would always tell people, you know, unlike a restaurant, like I'm one of those people like, like, don't pull in there if they don't have any other cars. Like, I don't want to go over there. Like, okay. That's you know, indicator that number one. <laughs> right. <laughs> but with childcare, you know, it is a feeling like they could have all the curb and pill in the world or they could have none. You know, when you walk in sometimes like there's some good stuff happening here. Mm-hmm. Like you walk in and you just feel it. You can hear it in people's voices. Sometimes you can see it reflected in how the children are operating there. I feel like you just know. But another thing I know is that people look for different things like 
um, we can definitely talk about quality, what that means and what that is. But when we talk about families, they have different indicators or different things that they look for, you know, based on their knowledge or where they are in life. But for me, I would say quality is that feeling. It's when you walk in and you just, you know it, you can hear it, you can see it, it's buzzing, you see the colors, you know, for me, Montessori was very muted. It wasn't super like red, gorgy biff. Like you didn't see a lot of bright colors. It was this muted thing. But then I've walked in places where your color is just jumping out at you the moment, you know, you go in. But for me, it's really a feeling of just, you know, some good things are happening. You you can see the care, you can feel it. So, you know, it's hard for me in this place to talk about those identifiers because I don't want to pigeonhole anybody because all my all our programs look different and they feel different and they have different things going for them. But what's important to me is what are the children saying when you go in? Like, what are you seeing on their faces and what are you feeling when you have um, just that general walk through the door? So I would definitely use that as my first indicator. It's funny you say that because I remember when my uh, first one got older and he didn't want to go home with me anymore. Oh, and it And it breaks your heart. But then at the same time, you're like we are well here. Yeah, right, <laughs> you know? right. Like, I can leave you here because mm-hmm. you want to be here. That's, yeah, that's yeah. that's huge. I don't know how I would handle that, though. <laughs> are you going to come home? Or... <laughs> yeah. Oh. So the quality... What is... Uh, oh, QRIS. Quality... Mm-hmm. What's the R? Quality rating. rating. Quality improvement rating mm-hmm. improvement, uh, improvement system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quality Rating Improvement System, QRS. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's taken a big change, and I'm not trying to jump on your stuff, but I, I just remember from my days of doing this, like mm-hmm. you always had to make sure <clears throat> a daycare, if you were receiving a, a DHS subsidy for daycare, it had to meet a certain standard mm-hmm. or a certain star. So the QRS has to do with that, right? Correct. Yes, that is um, our program that has an actual scale. So right now there's four levels to it. Um, There's a one, a one plus, and then there's a two and a three. So right now three is the highest level that you can have and a one is the lowest. And so um, that is their indicator. So there are certain scales that we use when we go into programs and look for certain things to rate their quality um, of education in the program that they're doing. And so that um, is something that's listed, but it's also optional. Like providers have options if they want to be a part of this program because it does come with extra paperwork perhaps but we're really focusing on helping them understand that we want quality for every child and if we're Mm -hmm. saying that this program is what we use to actually have those indicators and what we're using to fuel that then we want everybody to be a part of it and so we do we have a lot of initiatives going into it um, as we move into 2022 um, that we are excited about putting out there to really support the quality program because we want parents, families, we want providers, we want everybody to be excited about being a part of this and we want to make it easy for people to achieve it because naturally a lot of them are doing this they just don't put a name with it. And all we're doing is going in with our paper and saying, this is what it looks like. This is what it feels like you're doing it. Let us check it off and tell other people that you're doing it. So, yes, QRIS is our system for um, rating those standards that we know are um, showing that they are an exemplary program. And that all has to do with, you know, early childhood education. I mean, right. And you, you talked about this a little bit earlier, but how how do these two concepts uh, work together like how how does early childhood education mix with child care and kind of what is the importance for getting your kids into a, a, a environment like that 
Right. I stuttered all over my words. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I get you. So for us, you know, we have those um, two portions of childcare services. I think when people think of us, they think of us as the regulators who come in and we're just looking for certain things to check off a box. But no, we have our licensing specialists who go out and monitor the programs for safety, right? For safety. They do have requirements that they have to ensure, like they're opening every single refrigerator and freezer, making sure the food is at the right temperature. Like, yeah, it is that serious. And so that is a part of what they do um, because that's our jobs. But outside of that, the QRIS is the other side that they check for where it is the educational component. So are your lesson plans current and what are you doing? Are you covering these five different areas? Like, is there math going on? Do you have centers where children can walk into a space and they see environmental print? Like it gets that serious for that too, because we know that's quality and we know that's education. You're being intentional about what you're teaching them. And so our licensing specialists also on the flip side, have that paper that they can flip over and say, okay, now let, now let's go back and look for quality. Let's go see what you're teaching and how you all are doing it. And so it's two sides of the coin, but also for, like you said, for our families, they want both of that too. Like, you know, half of it is, yeah, I want to make sure my child looks the same way when I pick them up. But the other side is, are they growing? Are they learning? Mm -hmm. Like, are you intentionally? Yeah. Are you preparing them for their future educational path? Like, are you making learning fun at this age so that my child will be excited once we have to enter the school system and that I at home can, you know, do these small things with them, but you're teaching me as a family member what impact it means for me to actually talk to my child during dinner time because you told me that based on the conversation I'm having with them, I'm teaching them. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, so all of that is so critical when we talk about childcare programs and offerings and it's, it's two sides for us, but they're both very important. So um, it's not just about, you know, the monitoring and being that regulatory hardcore piece while it's vital because yeah, I need to make sure that you're doing everything you can. I love you. I think you're sweet, but are you keeping these children safe? Mm -hmm. But then also too, and you know, another part of that is the educational thing. We want to teach people if they don't know, or if they're not aware, if they haven't changed their practices in a while, like, Hey, this is what's new. This is what's current. This is a way that you can do that. Like we want to support programs in doing that. And so QRIS allows us that opportunity to say, Hey, you're at this level, but let's help you get up here. Here, here are some extra things that you can do. So, yeah, it's twofold, but they are both critical. Mm -hmm. um, you started in December 2020, right? Mm -hmm. And we're in 2021, right? Yeah, you made me think about it too. And you raised your eyebrows. I'm like, oh my when gosh, that? Okay, what year is this? Okay. Um, <laughs> time is fluid in COVID times. <laughs> All right. And that's what I was leading into. Um, COVID, mm -hmm. how, is that, how has that hit our child care centers? How oh, has that affected man. us? You know, the crazy thing when people always ask me that, I'm like, they didn't stop. Like we were sanitizing like crazy before COVID hit, right? Mm -hmm. Like we deal with kids, we deal with germs. So if a child drops something on the floor, it goes into a sanitizing bucket. And that's been a part of our life. So when we think about the actual classrooms or the settings for children or, you know, maintaining some type of, you know, um, consistency for them and continuity, that's been a part of childcare. Mm -hmm. So that part of COVID didn't hit them as hard as when we think about parents not going to work and then not taking their children to childcare. So then childcare centers aren't able to serve children because they only have a limited amount. That's what hurt, right? And we're right now in the same place as everybody else with the workforce. Like, 
People are not wanting to work right now. I don't know what the situation is, but we're struggling with finding the right individuals for the job. And so that's hitting hard because now that, you know, people are trying to get back to work and they want to take their children to childcare, there's not enough people there to watch them. So it's a two edged sword. So that has hit hard. But um, when I think about as far as the children and the flow of COVID, that didn't hit as hard as much as the other side of it of people not going back to work, not bringing their children in or, you Mm -hmm. know, short supplies or you know we're looking for wipes now because those are all sold out and Mm -hmm. you know all of that of course hit them extremely hard you know and for us having to change up how we monitor because like I said it's important for us to go into spaces but now it's not it's a safety risk for you to come inside and you're not a part of you know our regular family and who we always see so how can we still ensure safety without being in there. So it's shorter visits and going in and filling out paperwork in the car. And so it's just, it's been a lot of transition and of course still feeling the effects of it because like I said, you know, um, it's just about all the economy, you know, it's still a business. Like Mm -hmm. each individual provider is running their own private business. And so there are so many parts of it that they were affected by just like everybody else. Um, But when I just think about the children and providing that continuity and trying to keep that in, you know, they did their best. You know, I remember the whole mask or no mask. They're like, it's important for them to see my face. And I'm like, yeah, it's important for you not to breathe in it either. I don't know. You know, it was tough. Um, And so, you know, of course they were affected and of course so critical because I don't want to go around exclaiming quality for every child. And then we have a marker for quality and only 20% of our programs are on there. Like that doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense. If I want every child to get this, let's help them get there because it's usually not providers don't want to. It usually is like a lack of resources or time or just somebody taking the time to walk you through what you need to do and then helping you do it. So that's the biggest um, change for that outside of adding that extra level and that extra little piece to kind of spread that out a little bit um, to create those, you know, extra criteria to get people there. But yes, QRIS is just, it's that extra piece, like I said, outside of mandating the regulations, it's that extra line to say, hey, these are different things to do to actually make sure children are have fun, having fun while they're learning and what you need to do. I'm excited about it. I can't what tell. A, what other things are coming out with, with this QRIS update? So... Another thing that I'm super excited about is that we partnered with Lakeshore Learning Company, and they are actually going to be doing different packages for any of our programs that sign up. So when our programs sign up, they'll actually be sent an additional link, and they're able to go in and get some additional manipulatives and resources for their program on us. Like it's on our dime. You guys are welcome. I'm so excited about it. It's just a big, yeah, I mean, it is, you know, I do too. Like, you know, manipulatives are Mm -hmm. needed, you know, and Mm -hmm. you don't want a child to go into a bare space. And so we're able to partner with them because it is all learning material um, and they're going to be sending that out directly to programs so that they can um, continue to build on whatever they're doing. And we're following up with actually putting lesson plans with it and putting extra things in there to say, hey, this is how you do it or this is what that looks like. Um, And we're tying it along with the QRIS. And so I'm excited that we're in a place where we get to do that. And also sending out some cool books about True North. Shout out, Justin Brown, (laughs) you out there? Um, True North, you know, I think is the best notion to help people find that inner part of them. And why not put that with Oklahoma children as well? So Lakeshore worked with me and helped me develop this cool book. I'm so excited about it for every child that's in a program they need to be in a program guys get your children in there 
Yes. Let's look, tell us about the book. Yes. <laughs> Brittany Lee, children's book author. <laughs> no. And your daughter. I know. So, yes, I did. I worked with my daughter. I have a nine-year-old and a five-year-old, and my nine-year-old loves books. Like, she's always been that kid. I was so excited when we got an Alexa and played in the room. Like, let her read to you. But I still do it because who doesn't love that, right? Um, but she loves books. And so I said, hey, you know, we have this amazing concept called True North at Mommy's Job. And, you know, I explained to her what it is. I was like, I want to, like, let every kid know how they can find their True North and how they can be true to themselves and how we can do that. I was like, can you help me with that? She's like, sure. And so it was. It was just fun. Anytime you can do a fun little project that benefits both of you, win, right? Macaroni stuff, not so much. This, <laughs> win. So just sat down and kind of worked with her on that. And then, of course, was able to hand that off to the Lakeshore reps and say, hey, this is what we've worked with. Can you put some visuals with it for us? Can you kind of put it in a space where it makes a lot of sense? Because we just kind of wrote for it with our hearts. But I need you to put your brain with it and make sure this makes sense. And they were able to do it. Yeah. Yes. And so it is. It's called Finding Your True North. And it's for all of our children, our programs, you know, they were able to put that together for us. And so all of the children will get that along with the kits, along with some stuff for them to take home as well. So, I mean, we are really in a space where we're able to front load this and just say, hey, you know, we're not only saying quality, but we're showing you we're putting some dollar amounts with it for our programs that actually sign up. They get extra money as well to support their initiatives and quality. And then, yeah, manipulatives from Lakeshore. I'm like, I don't know who wouldn't sign up for this. Like, mm -hmm. this is a pretty sweet deal. It so, really is. yeah, super excited about that. Sounds very, like, innovative. Innovation is a key word in this place. <laughs> I well, I mean, is that, that being done anywhere else? I would love to say no, but it might be. I okay. mean, we definitely, you know, with all the work, the CCS staff is absolutely outstanding. I mean, I've never been around such a group of hardworking people that really have a passion for the work they do. You know, I think when they see Sequoia, they think the people in here are just like rigid and behind the desk and just, but no, I mean, everybody comes in with understanding of policy, statutes, bills. They have all that knowledge, but they also have the heart and knowledge of wanting what's best. And so they bring that with them every single time. So when you talk about innovative, I don't think there's anything that's been bought up to the team where they haven't sat down and truly thought about it, right? Like it's is this something we can do and then how can we do it like every one of the team members here in child care services I feel like they genuinely come in with that heart and that mindset and it makes work so much fun yeah we have a lot of sessions where it is just going back and forth or talking through things but I think all of us have the child in the chair in the front of our mind like we have a child and we're thinking through that and what would we want from them and it just impassions the work that you do mm -hmm. so it, it's great so Huge shout out to the child care services staff. They're awesome. And I think they share with you, too. A lot of them have the, those child care backgrounds themselves. Absolutely. I think yeah. all of us have dabbled in this space, you know, for <laughs> yeah. quite some time. I don't care if it's being a Sunday school teacher at church. Like, we've all had those interactions with children that just let us know, like, this is my path. Like, this is what I want to do. And so I think that brought everybody here and kept them here. Like, we have some of the longest running people mm -hmm. You know, here on our on our team, 30 plus years. Really? And yes, you know, and some people like they probably need to go like, no, they're still at it. Like they really do want to be here. They they're moving and shaking with the changes and they love what they do. So yeah. it's amazing. What's it like, Brittany, to be a mom and be the director of child care services and like all of these things that you're going through? What What is that like? 
you know, it's funny. I used to always hear like celebrities when they talk about their kids. They're like, they don't care what I do. Like, and that's kind of the same thing. I'm like, I need to make sure all children are safe. She's like, but can I go outside? <laughs> to this? You know? yeah. I'm just like, oh, um, it's, it's great. You know, it's always been a honor of, you know, knowing the passion I have for children and then being able to still practice that at home and still make sure that I'm I show up for them just as much as I do for everybody else. But um, like I said, I mean, it's just I love children. I love making sure that they have what they need. And so it's fun being able to work in that space and then be a mom of little girls. You know, it's challenging because especially now that we're working from home a lot of the time, you know, it's I love to just be able to shut the door, be like, mommy's working. They don't care. They just don't. They don't. They don't. They don't care. <laughs> I am mommy all the time to them. They're like, I'm glad you're out there saving lives for other children. Can I go put this in the microwave? Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> that's not. No. Yeah, so, the kids and the animals. Yeah. <laughs> right. No. But um, it is. It's 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 still fun. I love being a mommy and I love being in this position where I feel like I'm making an impact and a difference in, you know, how we are moving for Oklahoma's children that are in programs. So good times. You're good at both. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. I'm going to tell my kids that. Please, can I get that <laughs> they clip? They can call me. I'll get, you have my phone number. Just be like, call Casey. She'll give me a reference. <laughs> give me a reference. I will need that in that one moment where my daughter, she's been writing stuff on Post-its if I'm in meetings. Like, it's not just don't talk to me. She's like, if I write it on a Post-it, I'm not talking. So I will make sure next time she tells me, like, you're not listening. You suck. I'm like, Casey said I'm great. So, I, I do up. say that. If you're listening now, I'm saying that now. <laughs> What's one of like I know it has uh yeah we're in 2021. So you're coming up on a year. You're coming up on a year. Yeah. What's something memorable that's happened in this first year at DHS for you? Oh my goodness. Um I don't know. You know, I think it's being in this space and not losing half my staff or not sending some embarrassing email out or some note um I think for me you know coming in they're like hey you're young you know you got a lot of disadvantages like people are they might like you they might not but you're probably going to lose most of your staff because you're coming in and you're trying to flip stuff Justin keeps saying innovation and you're like we're going to do this and this and (laughs) um so I think really the staff being so receptive and me coming in and still having the majority of people are still hanging with me. That's a really good feeling. It um, speaks to you. It does. Mm-hmm, it speaks sure. volumes to, you know, all their mm-hmm. character as well. And so that has been surprising, but that is something within my first year that I'm still excited about because, you know, it can be challenging, you know, you coming into a new space in the middle of COVID. So you can't even be around people and you're coming in with the charge of, you know, taking this division and just making sure it moves forward. You're also coming in where you have millions of dollars where you're supposed to really be doing some some great things with it for the programs. And so it was just a lot of pressure. But I think being around everybody that I have and really earnestly wanting to see everything that can possibly be done in this space be done has been mm-hmm. so amazing. And so I'm super proud of that because I know that everybody here works hard. I really feel like our providers are receptive of that. I think like me coming in, they want to see change happen really fast. But I think that we've been able to really communicate with them and walk through it with them and say, this is why we're at this stage. This is where we plan on going. Um, And it's been received pretty well. But I would just say the fact that, you know, Justin didn't have to call me in like, so 80 percent of your staff are gone. What are you doing? Like, "Eh, I don't know. I don't know what happened. It was that one memo, I think. But we're we're doing pretty good, and so I'm excited about that. Sounds like good leadership on your part. Mm-hmm. Thank oh you. Gosh. Thank you. Thank you, staff.
Well, I think that I think we've covered really most of our questions. So do you have any like parting words, wisdom, anything that you want to share with our audience about childcare or about uh, early childhood education, any of those types of things? Oh, my goodness. So much pressure. I feel like I need to sing a song. (laughs) No, um, you know, I just really want to acknowledge that, you know, we work towards quality. I feel like there's a ton of integrity in what we do. Um, I just want to emphasize, of course, early childhood education is so critical. It's so important. Um, And I just want to make sure that, you know, when people think about that space, when they think about child care programs, that they connect the two and know that these institutes are really set up in a way that children are going to be put in a space where they're going to be able to grow leaps and rounds. Like we want people to be children to be school ready. Like we understand Mm -hmm. that education is a part of a lifelong journey. Like, you know, I'm still learning things every single Mm -hmm. day, but I also think back to the people that made that possible for me and that made learning enjoyable. And that's really what childcare settings are for. Like they're there to ensure their safety while parents have to go to work to maintain getting some regular income, right, to make sure that they can provide for their families. Um, they're there for that as well. But providers really are, you know, they're they're amazing. They're our shining stars. They come in, they make sure that they do what they need to do, provide that safety, but also fun and learning. Children learn when they're having fun, too. And I want parents to recognize that, like, they've been in the kitchen all day just playing make-believe. Like, they are over there. Like, that's a future chef right there. Or mm-hmm. that's a, you know, I just... Early childhood is important. It's critical. um, And a lot of our providers are doing a great job with making sure that they're providing that. So I just want to make sure to emphasize that. That's it, though. Um, I know those were your parting words. Any parting words that don't have to do with child care? What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think really for the whole agency, um, coming in, you know, you heard Oklahoma Human Services. I don't know what everybody always envision, like envisions. Like I don't know what they think when they hear that. I don't know if people, you know, people either really talk about things they love or things they hate. Like you don't really get the people in between. But I just want to say this has been an amazing, amazing agency to work for. Like I really love being here. I remember thinking before I took the job, like, I don't want to do politics. Like, I'm good on that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. But really, this is a place of people caring, just trying our best to find some systematic ways to mm-hmm. ensure that New we're. solution. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really it, you know, and that we're able to communicate that in a way that speaks to all of, you know, Oklahoma, um, all of our uh, people, you know. But this has been a wonderful agency to be a part of. I just, I have not walked across somebody who earnestly does not whatever their field is, like not just childcare services, but whatever their space is that, you know, don't have the desire to make sure they're doing the best that they can and that they want to get that out. Like I haven't met anybody like that. I love our leadership um, because we're following them in their footsteps and they show up for it every single time. And I just think it's so amazing. So I just think on behalf of the entire agency, this is a great place to be, and we are doing some amazing things, and mm-hmm. I just am so excited that I get to be a part of it. Do you have any books, movies, documentaries, anything like that that you would recommend, either childcare-related or not? If I can get time to, no. <laughs> I mean, right now I'm watching something on Netflix with the kids, and I don't even remember the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's real. Ada Twist Sciences. Do I love, love Ada Twist. Yes. I'm like, this is a kid show. Oh Sometimes you're tired of them. It's a really 
I missed it. You, oh my goodness! So <laughs> one, get the book, but they made a little series out of it, and it's Ada so good. Twist. Mm-hmm. Ada Twist, scientist. I can hear the song in my head. Can you too? <laughs> I, I mean, as a parent, it's so hard to find shows that you can tolerate. You know, around like I'm done all the learning videos. I can sing every Becky Bailey. Like I know all of it. Blippy. Blippy. Oh. <laughs> Jack Hartman for me right now. Oh my God. We're all Jack Hartman in my house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, as an adult, I'm like, it's so hard to like sit and endure an hour and a half of this. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. But, um, but yeah, Ada Twist, I can actually like, are you watching? Can you stop talking? <laughs> like, I'm watching this. I'll have to check it out. It's a good show. <laughs> but yeah, outside of that, no, it has been all work. And then I have a stopping point, and then it's whatever my kids want. Like, I have to make sure they have my undivided attention. So, I can't think of anything else because, like, once I pour into this and then I pour into them, like, I need some mommy time. And usually that's just, like, I just want to sit here and do nothing. Like, just pretend like I'm not here. (laughs) So, yeah, (laughs) nothing I could think of off the top of my head. Okay. Brittany, it was nice to have you today. Pleasure to meet you. I've heard a lot about you. I Obviously, you're doing great things with Mm -hmm. child care. So thank you for your service to Oklahoma. Oklahoma. (laughs) and us Oklahomans (laughs) thank you guys so much for having me I appreciate the time thank you for joining us on today's episode of Waypoint where we're on this journey together to learn more about child care services and their work to bring quality to every child visit okdhs.org we hope you'll continue to join us on this podcast where we'll explore topics that affect and uplift Oklahomans Don't forget to like this episode and subscribe to our podcast so you're notified when each new episode drops.